0: Hotty toddy, Ole Miss fans, and welcome to the Brad and Chad Show on the OM Network, brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans, made in the USA. This is the show by and for Ole Miss fans, where you'll get expert insight and analysis on Ole Miss athletics. And now, here are your hosts, former Rebels Chad Flowers and retired NFL star Bradley Sowell.
1: Podcast time. Hey, Brad and Chad show coming to you on uh, April 17th. That's when we're recording. I've got myself, Chad Flowers, along with Bradley Sowell. Bradley, I see you were in what, Austin this past weekend?
2: That we were Austin? in Austin. We went down for a, a music festival called the Two Step In. We watched um, pretty, I mean, we were there all day, um, hot, We 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 went down there with Blue Deltas. We wore the jeans, and anybody's been in Texas and walked around jeans. Whereas my well, my my Blue Deltas have gotten a little tight, you know. So um, I was a tight end when I retired. When I got those Blue Deltas, now I'm back to a lineman, and those Blue Deltas were tighter than some gun walking around Texas. Now it was a good day. It was fun. A lot of people out there. We went. We watched um, Zach Bryan was was the, the headliner at night, and man, let me tell you something. If you hadn't seen a Zach Bryan concert live that dude i mean he absolutely crushes it so it was fun it was it yeah was
1: there's nothing they sing all his depressing songs that make you just hate your life and all that stuff well like he, he he he's well.
2: what's funny is is the way you know he's only 27 years old but the way he you know before the song he says all right guys bear with me this is gonna be another depressing one and yeah, then he kind got it that's oh, all it dude, is it's, it's hilarious he got he, he sounds good though. his stuff's good I, I didn't realize he was like a navy vet and um, you know, just kind of got famous a couple of years ago um, with his music. He's kind of just coming on the scene, but man, he he is—he had that crowd rocking, dude. There was—I ain't many people were at that place.
1: Yeah, he's very popular. Like I said, I mean, I feel like in my life or and just in general, there's enough depression going on. It's just some of his songs are just a <laughs> just a downer, dude. I mean, I mean, how much loss can we sing about? Let's get a little something to pump us up a little yeah. bit. I mean, the, the songs are good. Don't get me wrong, he sounds fine, but. Jesus Christ, the topics of it. Man, good Lord, give me something to be uh, positive about in my life. And
2: man, well, what, what, I, what I liked about him is he's he's newer. So, like, he really on the stage, like, with all the mechanics of it, he kept having somebody come out on the stage, like, help him with sound, all this stuff. He's like, dude, I, I haven't ever performed this song in, in front of more than 100 people. So um, yeah, I thought that was pretty neat, kind of seeing this. This is kind of like his first bigger, bigger kind of just gig. So it was just cool. ten minutes of tuning his guitar, just trying to find yeah, a, no shit. They, there were, was there. a couple times where that was literally the case, <laughs> but it was um, man, it was fun. I seen a I seen a gal. Obviously, there's some there's some beer swallowing going on out there sure. out sure. there in Austin. Man, I'm walking. No shit, dude. I see a gal. She's probably left guard size, short shorts, dude. She just faints, and as I'm walking, I just see. it Looks like a big tree fall. I think some of the big trees got him. <laughs> Boom! Head straight back. I guess she passed out because it was hot. Her head hit my feet. Man, freaked me out a little bit. But they they got her. They got her tail up and um, got her feeling. Good. Well, I've seen a lot of that. You know, which which said, I'm not a drinker, but it, it's funny. These people are freaking. If you're passing out at one or two o'clock in the afternoon, you're doing something wrong. I mean, it's just like the Grove on any game day Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> no question. Uh, I, actually, so we were, we were with um, you know, Coach Levy was there. Kendall Browse was there as well. Okay. Um, Nick and and a couple other buddies, um, Mark Millette, a couple other buddies were there, and um, you know that, that that's that's their comments. Like they were like, man, this is like the Grove, but everybody's in cowboy boots and a, and a damn and a hat. So mm-hmm. it was, um, man, it was it was a fun day. It really was. All right. So Bradley, so, you know, while you were in
1: Austin, I keep hearing about this story that you've got to tell me regarding our buddy Nick from
2: Blue Delta. What <laughs> is, so, so tell me about oh, it. Oh man, you want to talk about Epic. So, so, okay. So Nick, so Nick invites us out to Austin to go okay. to a music festival. It's called the two step in, yeah, okay. um, which is a big festival out there, which we're excited about. Extremely excited. Really? We get there on, on Thursday night. Um, Nick calls I me mean, actually actually we get there on Friday afternoon. Well, Nick, Nick's not getting in until the nighttime. He's at his son's baseball tournament in Ruston, okay. Louisiana. So he's gonna watch his son play baseball, get in the truck. Think the game ends a seven or so drive from Ruston to Austin, which is a decent little decent little scoot. Sure. So Nick got a little bit delayed. He leaves around nine or so. Well, he gets into the hotel um around two fifteen in the morning. Okay? okay. He is dead ass tired, right? He had been at the ballpark all day of the sunny been in the ballpark, understands. Well, he gets to the hotel and there's not a soul there. Okay. He checks in. He the way he describes it, he is just extremely tired. Like literally he's at it. He's just trying to find the bed. 2 15 in the morning. So he goes over to the elevator, he hits that button, and he's looking down. As he's looking down, all of a sudden he sees some feet as he's starting to look up. And he's like, Man, this is a freaking this hey, surely ain't nobody on this elevator. And as he's looking up, he sees two people railing. No, shit. Elevator. so so the <laughs> elevator so the elevator you know them doors they open pretty slow right yeah Buddy, don't even stop but he just keeps on going Good for like, him. 2:15 in the morning doesn't even care Good so, for him. So, so nick said anybody that knows nick weaver knows that." Like, hey like Nick is never down? speechless, right? Oh, okay. He's never speechless. He, 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 he always he always can make a funny joke. He said it right. caught him by such surprise that he just like, oh, okay. So he just kind of stepped to the left one. So now the situation he's in, right, like yeah. he can't press the button too early. Cause then, you know, like, so now he's waiting and you want to make sure like, Hey, I, I got to make sure that they don't press this button early. Cause I could press it again. And he could still, buddy, could still be in there railing in the elevator. So dude, I just got nice in hotel. Just this over. was not a holiday inn or a comfort inn or a best weather. It's a nice hotel, dude, but okay. So classy but, folks, I mean, dude, you want to talk about aggressive. So the whole net rest of the trip, every time we were down the lobby or at breakfast or something, we were trying to see if we can figure out,
1: absolutely this
2: was one and two and if we can go up and say something or give them the slow clap right give them a slow clap like hey, hey no not not bad so when just the imagine that. Right. yeah when the moon strikes that, sometimes dude. you have to go for it and but so if i was Nick, elevator boom huh? I mean, middle of the night elevator opens dude and just i mean you, you almost i don't know how to react to that but but only nick weaver could see something like that
1: yeah you just get in and just put push the number that you're going to, and you just hang tight. <laughs> you comment on their form, see if you can pick up any tips, and then you go on with your day, right? I mean, don't do
2: elevators have cameras, though? Like, like that's bold, dude. That's just that, – that, that's really that's really wanting each other. And and if that's the kind of dedication you're willing to, to, to put in, like – this, I mean, I'm pretty sure they would have went to jail, right? Like if it had been a cop or okay. something, but like, I mean. This world needs more
1: love, man. This world needs more love. And that's all they're trying to do is they were just trying to express it so everybody else can yeah. see it and possibly, <laughs> you know, cause that elevator to be, need to be disinfected. So, um, but it is it, but it is funny to hear Nick Weaver being uh, speechless. Um, that's that's one thing that I would never thought I would hear. So, uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that's what a pretty a good weekend. story. Um, it was kind of a it, it was a kind of a big weekend for uh, for Ole Miss at least the, you know the spring game happened uh, what was it fifty three fifty two that was the final some fireworks toward the end for a last second score they kind of changed the rules around to give it a little bit more excitement um, but I'll be honest from my initial impressions of that game yes Jackson Dart is the starter but it's a lot closer than I thought ooh it is
2: really really closer.
1: Right, there's some good quarterbacks in that room. Spencer Sanders yeah. is okay. Yeah, he's 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 good. Maybe, um, you know, maybe maybe Greg Greg McElroy had a little bit more knowledge that he was a little closer
2: than what we thought. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say because that That's the first thought I had after seeing him play. A little, but I was like, man, I may have to go back and apologize <laughs> to Greg if I ever see him. Uh, right. Because you know, Spencer looked good. Um, I just don't know how. Honestly, I don't know how the scrims were set up because all of them look good. I actually thought Walker Howard. I mean, his his touch and and the way he throws the ball, he's the future of Ole Miss, and that that's just there ain't no doubt about it. You know, these other two guys are going to be short term here. Um, you know, until we get to Howard and out. And I'm not even opposed to you know things go sideways going to Howard a lot earlier, just because from experience standpoint, man, he's got the talent. Like he he's going to be the guy. Um. Yeah, Sanders looked good. I mean, he's he, he can throw. I, I, I would say he's he's not an amazing thrower, but he's a good thrower. But I like the way he can get out of the pocket with his legs, and, and yeah, he's a real threat with his legs. And um, he made some throws I was impressed with, man. He really was. He he, he has a good presence about him. He competes. Um, it's a lot closer, man. It really is. Like like, I, and here here's what's crazy about it, and being in these guys' situation, which is good for him. This is good for him, yes. but. But you I have to show me. up every day. This is the NFL-type mindset on this team. You have to show up every single day now because there are three capable guys in this room Absolutely. that can start on pretty much probably, I'd say, 85% of the the college football teams. They're they're, they're starting quarterbacks and have been. Um, you know, I just, man, these guys, you can't go out there and have a have an off day in this room because it's it's a lot closer than it looks. At the end of the day, though, you look at the other side, though, man. Defense. I, I don't. I would, I didn't know whether they'd be really excited about the offense or really discouraged about the defense because um, it's gonna be tough.
1: <laughs> well, th- so uh, so about that, right? So one thing to remember about the defense is Lane set it to where the defense could only run certain packages, right? They weren't allowed to do certain things because he wants it to be more of a fireworks, spectacle, right? Yeah. You know, you see some spring games and it's nothing, nothing. It's a defensive – nobody wants to watch that. So he did put some restrictions on the defense in terms of what they could run. Um, so that may lead into some of that, right? Obviously, you don't want to see all the points and all the yardage that the the offense, uh, you know, Put up, but there were some. He even said he did that at Tennessee his first year, right? His dad, who was helping Ed Orgeron on the defense, they were pissed off because they weren't allowed to blitz or things like that. Because yeah. he wants it to be more of an offensive firepower. So I'll give the benefit of the doubt there, right? And they're still learning the system. And you're right, you're spreading your talent thin across two teams too. So that's also an aspect. So I'll put the silver lining on it a little bit. But you know, yeah, you know, you wanted to see a little bit more than 105 points put up. Um, by the offense, so that that's the only caveat that I would issue regarding yeah. the defense there.
2: Yeah, I know. I think I think in spring game in general, right? The offense is going to be, you know, it's designed. It's designed for for, mm-hmm. for a ton of points, or, or it can be designed for a defensive battle, whichever way they want right. to do it. But I think it was designed to to get the quarterback some confidence. Um, you know, make the team look really good, but. Man, I, I'll tell you what, we got a few playmakers out there. I thought Bentley looked really good. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, B- Bentley this year. Man, him and Jukins would be a great little combo. I'm hoping Bentley's that guy that, um, you know, he really takes a number two role and, and does some stuff for us as well while Jukins is down. You know, you can't carry the ball every single time, but having a, a good number two like that, I thought all the receivers looked good. Watkins looked good. Knox made a good play and he's somebody last year who, if you talk to the coaches, I mean, that they thought, Hey, the, the Knox kid from Missouri was as good as anybody. And yeah. I think he spent most of the year hurt. He's a guy that, that, that could do some stuff and looked exciting. Marshall looked good.
1: You know who else looked good? You know who else looked good?
2: Michael Trigg. You <laughs> no question. He's, he always looks good. At the, in the <laughs> He in looks the good. So man, it would be, it would be so nice. He's, he's one of those players that could take us to a different level if good. he's all in and, and we have that as an option, kind of like Yaboa. I mean, Yaboa is not as talented as Trig, but Yaboa was was a was a good player with a with a good mindset and, and made a lot of plays for as a tight end. And we need that. I mean, that that makes your offense really, really dangerous when you got a tall tight end that that that's a matchup problem in the seam and all over the field. So he he could really he could really change it around for Ole Miss offensively.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and we still, you know, we're not even talking about pre-scoring, the the tight end that we had from the transfer from Memphis. You know, he's, according to all the reports you're hearing from spring practice, he's been just as good as anybody. And so, you know, him not being involved, uh, you know, as much this past weekend, we still have so much talent that we didn't even get to see this weekend, which is always encouraging on the offense. But the offense has never been really the issue with with this program the last few years, right? The defense has got to figure it out. And so we have that transfer portal coming open uh, again, and hopefully we're going to be able to find another defensive lineman, a a linebacker. And I think we, I think I saw, correct me if I'm wrong, we had a, you know, we had a guy enter the portal. What was his name? Uh, Braxton
2: Myers. He's entering the portal, right? Yeah. (laughs) I I saw that. Well, that, that, that was the rumor. And that's a whole other subject we can get into, man. I mean, that listen, dude, this kid is a true friend. He's not, he's supposed to be in high school still. I mean, like, like it's just crazy, dude, how quickly these guys are transferring and um, it's getting tough to keep up with. At some points, it's almost exhausting to where it's like, you know what? I'm not even going to put any effort into getting another no. players or the team because it's going to change every year. And we start looking at these kids like puzzle pieces. Like, man, you, there is no way of knowing after 15 spring practices that. Whether or not you are good enough to play in the SEC, if if I would have judged anything, ninety nine percent of the players out there first fifteen practices, you have no clue if they're going to be no, going to be that good. There is a handful. There is a few elite guys. There is a, a handful in every class. One or two, you think, okay, I probably know where this is going with this guy. But man, mm-hmm. there ain't no damn way after fifteen practices in a spring football, you should you you know whether or not you actually like the place, um, you know whether or not you actually you know are going to fit or even be a player, you know. So it's just. Man, so much changes every year with players' bodies and stuff. It just it, it, that to me, that's just getting absurd, dude.
1: I will say on the defensive side, one guy that I was really impressed with the Saunders in the secondary, transfer right. from Ohio, I mean, Ohio. What fifteen tackles? Um, obviously you don't want your secondary having to make that many tackles, um, in the game, uh, you know, in a game, but him getting in there mixing, he may be taking a leadership role, right? He was talking about how he was happy with the defense overall. So, um, you know, that was kind of encouraging, right? Trying to find some bright spots in the defense. That was kind of good to see. Um, now let me ask you this, right? As a former player, you've gone through multiple, you know, Grove bowls yourself, what is now the plan for players? What's going on now for players now that spring practice is over? What are you doing to, you know, into the summer uh, all the way up into fall practice?
2: Yeah, well, so what I'm hoping is, you know, Kiffin and them, they probably met with every, they're going to probably meet with every player over the next, um, you know, week or so. Kind of let them know where they stood in the spring. Um, mm-hmm. You finish out, but basically you're trying to finish out the semester. You know, you, you know, you got to probably a month or so until finals. So you're trying to clean up your your grades and all that. Um, and then, man, you're getting ready for summer. Summer, um, summer, and to me, was one of the, some of the funnest times at, at Ole Miss or in football. Um, you know, you're, the campus is, is a lot smaller because everybody's at home, but you right. have to stay. Um, you know, for the so team. you are required to stay normally. Well, I don't know if you're required anymore, but when I was there, it was like, yeah, yeah, dude, you're required to stay, like mandatory. Yeah, dude, yeah you're not non mandatory. But but the way I saw it was, hey, like I can take, I can I can get 12 hours out of the way, so that way I can always do 12 hours every semester. Right. Um, I don't, that means I'll never have to take more than 12 hours in in a, in a semester, which is great because I did 12 in the summer. Um, so you stay on pace and, um, you know, you're, you're there and it's a lot more chill, right? You got, you know, you, not many people on campus and other than some other athletes and a few summer schoolers and um, you really get a chance to focus on, on all the things you need to get better at. I mean, it's, you know, Hey, I, I got, I know I got my little summer school in the mornings, afternoons, you know, I know, I know I got a hell of a workout or, or whether they do it in the morning or whatever, but but to me, those are always the times where you kind of dig in and say, "Hey, this is—it's a quiet, chill time. It's—it's it's time for you to work on the things you really need to work on, the hardest." And um, you know, that's—that's that's pretty much it.
1: Now, another spring game that I kind of caught wind of—it's funny that you mentioned you were in Austin this past weekend. So, the big Arch Manning debut happened for <laughs> the Longhorns, and what's wild, right? You know, we, we talked—you know—I've been bitching about fickle fans the last few weeks, and you know, I saw on some of the Texas message boards people are already saying he sucks. I mean, and granted, statistically, it wasn't the best numbers. I think it was like three or five and 20, something like that. But it's really hard to read from, like you said, just 15 practices. It's, it's crazy to me that somebody's going to take a take like that, one of the most highly regarded recruits. Obviously, we don't know how well he's going to do, but to already just start casting him aside, like he's not even worthy of playing, it's ridiculous.
2: Dude, it's – listen, it, and it sucks. Listen, it, the, the Manning name has helped Arch Manning out tremendously, but it's also sure. going to freaking be a detriment it's as well, be right? Like, the kid – listen, so I'm sure he wasn't in there with the ones. But based, based off looking on the on the film, it looked like he was in there with the damn threes or, or worse. He was getting pressured um, every play, it looked like. Yeah, you're in a spring game. This kid's still a young 18-year-old kid. And he actually if you look at it, if you actually know football and look at it, it wasn't that bad i mean he was under pressure a lot of times and the and the you know obviously he was getting hit as he was throwing the ball or having swing in his face as he was throwing the ball. his arm looked fine i mean it what yeah, what yeah. w- w- nothing glaring, but how there it's impossible you cannot judge a kid based off a spring performance, <laughs> completely judge a kid in his first <laughs> spring performance it, it, and and he's literally was an early enrollee as well he's eighteen years old um Dude, it's – the the world we live in is crazy. The kids – I mean, dude, they're, they're thinking this kid's going to come. It's not NFL. No. You know, he's not, not going to come there. He's, he's a polished four-year player. Like, this dude's just coming from a tiny school in 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 Louisiana where they play – where their, their offensive lineman weigh 180 pounds. Like, dude, it, it's going to be a big transition for him, no matter if his name's Arch Manning or not. You know, any player's going to take some time. So He's man, supposed to be getting ready for the prom right now, right? They, I mean, that he's that whole supposed take, to be in high school. That whole take is disgusting. I feel bad for the kid, honestly. I mean, I, I think he did the right thing by getting out of Mississippi because they'll be yeah, even yeah. crazier on him here. Um, but, I mean, dude, like, do they, do they think, that, think this kid was going to come out in the spring game and look like damn Joe Montana the first time? No, dude. He's not – like, he's a good player, but he's he's not – you know, there's nothing – there's no way of telling. He's got a long way to go mentally in, in the game. Physically, I mean, dude, it's not even the fact that he's even able to get in there right now at his age and 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 look, serviceable at times and complete some passes, it's crazy to me. I mean, dude, this kid's a high school kid essentially still. So um, yeah, there's no way of telling. People are crazy. I mean, it, it, he's 200 something pounds. He's got the upside. He's just going to take some reps, take time, and you yeah. know, hell, Eli, Eli Redshirt his first year. Oh yeah. And, yeah, yeah. People forget that. Yeah. So like, dude, it's not that. It's not that crazy. It's not. He, he's he's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Um it's just it's just wild to, to see the kind of reactions. Now, obviously uh, a team that is not immune to all the hot takes that are going on right now. Um Man, the Ole Miss baseball team is they're bad, right? They're, I mean, there's really just no other way to say it. You know, losing two out of three you, what you score 13 runs against the that Mississippi State pitching staff. That's embarrassing in itself, but I mean, at some point the bullpen has to find a way to throw a damn strike. I mean, watching the ninth inning of the uh, the Saturday game where Tekoian comes in, we've got a lead. I mean, not even close to the strike zone. And then they end up walking it off on like a, a dribbler that gets through uh, the left side of the infield. It's just, it's really hard to watch this team right now. Uh, I, I don't really know where to go from here, especially when you have the number no. one team in the nation coming to Oxford this weekend. I can't envision it getting any better. They look
2: pathetic. Yeah, it's, it's bad, man. Well, here's the thing. I, th- I think that these situations really ca- it, it it's really – we already were kind of thin, but not having M- Mallets and uh, Maddox to finish some of these games. I mean, dude, it's – we should be we should be five games better just, just if the pitching staff was at least serviceable, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we, we've lost how many games at the end of the damn game now? That's, that's up to freaking – I don't even know. I mean, they're, 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 you just know, like, years passed – we're winning these games because we know the pitching can hold it off, but now it's just like, man, it, it's it's almost painful now. At this point, now I think it's just mental. At this point, for for the rest of the year, um, they man, look defeated. Oh, what it's not even close. And, and offense is battling though. I mean, offense is, offense is trying to hang in there. You know, giving them a decent look, but um, there's just we just can't finish games, man. And it's it's going to suck. And I don't see this getting any better next year. It, I actually think this is going to be a lot worse. Um, than we are this year going into next year based off of, well, who do we have? I mean, we got we have some okay pitching returning, young pitching, but mm-hmm. um, it, it doesn't just dramatically improve that much.
3: The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway and PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone, from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second Or visit com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's UFE Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network.
1: Yeah, I saw, I was looking at some stats earlier. Uh, of all the pitchers that we have, we have two pitchers that have an ERA less than five that have thrown more than two innings. Oh. Ten, that have thrown more than ten innings, I apologize. Um, our three starters have ERAs over five. Um, obviously, I'm not counting Hunter Elliott who's only thrown five innings this year, but you there's I don't know where to find outs, right? Our best guy that was supposed to be out of the bullpen was Mason Nichols. He has an ERA over six. Yeah, I, right. think, yeah. I, mean, I
2: think honestly at this point, I, I'm gonna be real with you. If you give me two weeks and have eligibility also, left. that knows my baseball background, <laughs> they know with two good weeks, I probably could hold it under five five ERA. I, I, could, pro- I could probably at least give you a four and four eight. So I might, I might email Bianco after this. Yeah, you may have to
1: because I don't know if there's anybody else that can that can do it. Right? I mean, Doherty's but done serviceable. Right? The last few starts oh, he's had have been good on Friday, but I mean, it is just prayer that we can score 7-8 runs a game and if that's not going to happen you can chalk it up as a loss. Now, we're only 2 games out of the the spot to make it to Hoover and after this weekend you've got a lot more manageable matchups coming, but unless the unless the the body the the energy picks up on the in the dugout, I don't see this team continuing on uh beyond the regular season and that was something that I didn't think was going to happen a, a week or so ago cuz I think that this team can still do it, but Man, the way that they're losing games is really tough to watch.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it's interesting. What, what do you think about the state pitcher that that throws both ways? Did you see that? I've Sunday? seen him. I've seen him. He's got a good arm. But, I mean,
1: the entire state pitching staff is just so <laughs> bad. And, I, like I said, I don't know how you can not score off of that that staff. But yeah. it's impressive how well he's able to throw. He throws hard. for crazy, left, dude? Right so side. he
2: he goes lefty at ninety one, ninety two, and righty can get up to ninety five. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got to be like a one of one, one of a kind kind of deal. But yeah, man, we just at this point, dude. I hate to say this, but we there ain't rebs ain't getting hot this year. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, it
1: definitely they ain't getting definitely hot easy. this
2: year, dude. If anything, they're um, they're getting thrown in the cold tub. Um, this thing, this thing is.
1: Do you think For, Hunter Elliott – you, if you're Hunter Elliott, do you want to just sit out the year?
2: Yeah, I'm not coming back if I'm him. Uh, I, I think just from a – if you look at his future standpoint, I would not come back unless I was 100%. Unless I was 110%. Um, mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with, you know, salvaging season and all that. I get it. But, like, you know, at this point, the we're pretty much – it will take a miracle to get to get to even the tournament. Right, um, right. Yeah, you know, not 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 even the SEC tournament, but just the, the postseason tournament anyway. So, um, yeah, if, I, if I'm him, man, I'm making sure I'm 100% healthy. Do I think he helps? Yeah. But, you know, the, the season's a little bit lost without him now. And I I think if you look up, I think Ole Miss is probably three to four games better with him. Mm-hmm. And if we have Mallets and Maddox, I think we're probably another two games better. You know, I think we're a 500 SEC team. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, I agree with that.
2: with them in there. And – um I don't know. I mean, I it's gonna be. I'm sure he'll want to come back, but I wouldn't want to risk, you know, the whole next season as well. Um, you know, all yeah,
1: especially when you're considering, you know, his future beyond Ole Miss, right? No. Being able to get drafted, you don't want to risk something with your elbow. Yeah, my,
2: my mind. If I'm being I'm like, man, this kid. We need him for. I mean, next year is a must. Um, and you know, the pitching, the, the young, the young pitching is gonna be fine. I actually think next year we're gonna look up and be like, damn, we got a decent staff. I think Quinn's a good little player. Oh yeah, he's I got to go. I arm. think, you know, he's obviously just show, you know, he pitches well for a while and then after that, you know, fifth inning, so he looks like a freshman after that. But um, you yeah, know, I think we got some good younger arms. I really do. And I think next year we're going to be a, a good pitching staff, but then I'm like, who the hell is going to hit the ball? You know, offensively we're going to be depleted. So, um, Kemp Alderman still continues to do crazy shit with the bat. Like that dude is is one bright spot that, that he is one fire that they got lit probably, you know, midway through last year um which he had a good year overall last year but that that dude has not he is a straight up baller man i mean he is he is he is crushing the baseball
1: the the, the how hard he hits it is what's so is what's so crazy right 115 yeah. plus miles per hour off the bat um, it's in, it's insane, you know. Exit velocity is such a big deal in baseball right now. You got to think that he's moving up draft boards. Obviously, he's not going to be like a first round pick. I wouldn't imagine or anything along those lines. But you know, with his ex- exit velocity, even though it's with an aluminum bat, you have to think that he's going to hear his name called a lot earlier in, uh, yeah. in in the baseball draft than it was sooner. Yeah, he um
2: he that that double hit off the wall was crazy. I mean, that thing hit the wall like immediately. This week, you know, and that's with the wind blowing into you. So, he's got crazy power. And and one thing I love about Kemp, man, is he's um you know all the shit he took at the beginning. And I may have been one. I may have said a comment or two about him as well. Um, you know, when he first got here, he struggled, and he is he goes back to my same example I'm using in football and some of these other sports is like. You know, did he run? Did Kemp Harden run and go transfer to damn Sandrock Rock State or, State or some shit? Yeah. When he was striking out every single time he got in the bat and looked silly. No, dude, he freaking got better. He figured out he needed to figure out, and now he's one of the best hitters in the SEC. So that's what I respect about him. That's why I enjoy watching him play, man. He just and he's quiet. He's not he's not cocky at all. He's quiet. He's um, you know just just does his work, and that that's that's the kind of player I respect. And you know, and and, and even when the season season shitty, there there are some bright spots out there to, to admire.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, talking about some bright spots, it does look like that Chris Beard is going to be revamping this basketball team out of the portal. Now we still have some guys that are leaving. I see, I saw today where Deshaun Ruffin is joining the the portal. Um, you know, the only All American we've ever had McDonald's All American, so you know, Bears. Kelly didn't play much last year. Um, but you know, the the names that we're in on—I mean, I don't have some specifics—but the names that we're in on that Beard is looking at bringing in. Man, that this looks like this roster is going to no. be revamped pretty quick. And, you know, you talk about also in the portal, Coach O's already brought in some big ones. She, she's she got a, a good transfer from North Carolina she's bringing in. So basketball of the teams, you know, it's been a pretty shitty athletic year all around for, uh, for Ole Miss sports other than the women's basketball team. Um, it does look like basketball is going to be a bright spot to close the year out considering what they're going to be able to do to revamp the roster no. going into next year.
2: Well, as far as the guys, you know, going into the portal, I don't care. I've said this before. No. I, I, I hope the more the merrier. I hope they all go in there, you know, and no no disrespect to them, but I'm hoping Chris Beard, you know, is bringing in his all, all new players because sometimes what you have to do to change the mindset of a team. Everyone I've ever been on that, that ended up going from bad to good, that basically was just revamped. That's the only difference, right? Because once you have the same players on a team that just went really, really, they had a really shitty year. Like they just have that loser mindset, and and, and not them in general, but like it's just that vibe. Sometimes you bring all new players in; they weren't there the previous years. They don't know now. Now it's a whole new vibe and mindset, and that's what I think Beard needs to do. And I've talked to a guy that was really kind of close with Beard and, and, and knows the the UT situation, big big UT guy, and he was like, "Listen, I can tell you this right now: Chris Beard is one going to bring in talent." And, two, he is going to win at Ole Miss. There's yep. no question there this dude was going to win at Ole Miss. He's a winner. Um, it's just a matter of time. So, anybody that leaves, I don't care. Anybody that he's bringing in, I'm obviously assuming that, hey, he's got a plan and, and he knows how to evaluate talent. I, I think the talent that's about to start coming in here, people got to stop looking at recruiting stars, all that. Like, this dude's going to go out and find players that can play ball and get okay. the damn ball in the basket and play some, some good, hard-nosed basketball, and that's what we need. Mm-hmm
1: yeah you know especially especially considering this past year and hell the guys that are that were on the team this past year are leaving okay and it's not like they won many games as is right, so it's not like they're losing a whole lot on that front you know you, you know you going back to baseball real quick and you 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 know you made the comment of what uh what the the team is going to look like potentially next year, Bianco, like you mentioned he's gonna have to hit the portal pretty hard on the offensive side of things because you know we lost a lot of offense last year we're losing a lot of offense this year and that's going to be the biggest challenge i think you know you've got a few talented freshmen that have seen some playing time this year but that alone's not going to cut it we're going to have to kind of revamp that offense if it's going to look anywhere comparable to you know what the pitching has the
2: potential to look like next year yeah it's um baseball's going to get interesting man this is the first time i've i can remember Maybe since I've been following almost baseball, where I thought we were a really bad team, last year was probably the second worst team, you know, up until we swept LSU that, that mm-hmm. I can remember in my lifetime. That, that you know, there's been a couple of years that weren't the greatest, but nothing to this extent the last two years in the SEC. I mean, I, I don't, I can't remember many times us starting out this bad. How do you, um, how do you want the
1: Bianco ten- tenure to end? When it does end? Because obviously, it's going he's not going to coach here forever. How do you want it to end? Do you think he goes out on his own terms or does he still, you know, even though he won a national championship, does he have a, did that just make his leash longer? And he still has a timer that, hey, if you start, if things start going south, you have X amount of years before
2: you have to go. Listen, Bianco probably has the right to go out on his own terms, but, also at the same time, that doesn't mean you can freaking be three and 12 in the SCC. That's just not the standard. He's first off, he has a standard that he's set and he's probably not satisfied with it, with no. it either. And nor does he want to be here, but you know, yeah, he probably stays for life if he keeps it respectable, you know, no matter what, say your down year is, you know, even in the SCC, whatever, but um, this program isn't really set up or, or used to being three and 12 in the SCC or wherever the hell we are right now. So yeah, he probably can go out on his own terms, but a couple three and twelve type starts over the next couple of years, and um, I don't I don't know that he gets gets that long of a leash. Um, I I, or I don't I don't think he should get it because that's just not the standard of our baseball program, right? We're not right. a you know, th- th- there's a difference between hey, you know, we're just not getting to the tournament. Okay, cool. Um, you know, we're not getting to to, to the supers, all that. You know, kind of what he was doing for all those years, but. You know, to be a, a bad losing baseball team, that 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 won't cut it. The leash will be very short at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing that I look for in situations like this is what is the stability of the program, right? So yeah. if you've got people that are – if you're hemorrhaging players off of your roster, um, if you've got guys that are just not giving any effort out on the field, if, they, if, if it looks like that they have just lost or he's lost the locker room – then that's when you can start having those conversations. Yeah, I mean, once again, I've said it. You know, I, I'm not going to just keep beating the the same drum. But this team was flawed as soon as Hunter Elliott um, was injured. Right? We were asking players to do things they couldn't do. You lost mallets as well. This team had some issues going into SEC play. Obviously, it's way more disappointing to see how the guys that we're putting out there can't even be somewhat competent. Right? I didn't expect that, but. I still think that you know if you see the same thing next year, okay, the whispers can get a little bit louder. But he still has at least, I think he goes out on it. He should go on his own terms. But he's got at least three years after this season to make it right before you even have to start approaching the conversation. He's earned the right to be able to say this is my program. This program is nothing without me because I'm the one that built it up from nothing. So I get to I get to at least yeah. get a recruiting cycle to make it work.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's fair enough. And I think honestly, fans have been, you know, they're outspoken a little bit, but not nearly as as much as they were last year. I mean, like they're, they're right. almost giving them a pass this year. I mean, it's kind we of have like, to. okay, you have to. Yeah, it's almost kind of like, hey, man, we know we had some in- injuries. I thought we were going to be a, a a decent team coming yes. out this year. But when we lost Elliot and them, I mean, in my mind, that's, that's why if you go back to the podcast before we started SEC play, what I said, yep. I said, listen, I, I, I'm afraid to admit this. But I know what's coming. I thought that you know you look at the scores, what was going on. I mean, it just it, it just didn't. I wasn't getting overly excited. Um, yeah, you know, I wasn't trying. I wasn't trying. I was excited, but I wasn't, wasn't trying to get overly excited because I saw like, all right, this pitching is going to be rough in the SEC, and it just turned out to be a lot worse than what we <laughs> what we ever could have thought. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he'll he'll ha- he should have a chance. He should have the right to go out on his own, but. You know, this kind of losing can't continue if that's, no. that's going to be the case.
1: And I don't think it will, right? Because he doesn't have a track record of it happening no. to begin with, right? This is an anomaly coming off of a national championship, which, you know, it's apparent. Hangovers are a real thing. And baseball is a fluky game, too. You know, it's a lot right. flukier than the other sports, but hangovers are a real thing. You see it in professional sports, you're going to see it in college. Um, but you know this one just isn't in the cards, right? And so you you still try to make it to Hoover, see what happens from there. But yeah, he still has my full support because once again, he won a national championship. He's the winningest coach yeah. in SEC history, right? He's he's earned every right to fix
2: it. Yeah, you know it's crazy within this this national championship run between last year and this year. I mean, he's seventeen and like seventeen and twenty eight or something like that in SEC play, which is crazy stretch. And within that. Yeah, that's just how wild Ole Miss. We we had these crazy stretches where our SEC record was wild, and we weren't even making it to the freaking pass Mm -hmm. the Super Regional, or even to the Super Regional. Now we're seventeen and twenty eight over the last two seasons, right now in the SEC or or, or something around there, and we got a national championship. Like that's just some Ole Miss shit if I ever heard it in my life. And and what State has beaten us what the last six seasons? State state is. We have not won a series versus Mississippi State since two thousand fifteen. They are. are, They have. They have officially daddy had it. Mike Bianco.
1: Yeah, they have. Now let me ask you this. All right, so for me, I don't care as much. I mean, I want to beat. I want to beat anybody that we play, but I don't hang my hat on that. You know, I'll take a nine and three season where we lose to Mississippi State over an eight and four season where we beat Mississippi State. If that makes sense, right? I mean, Yeah. yeah, State's another SEC opponent to me. I don't hang my hat on. We have to beat Mississippi State in every single thing. If we lose to Mississippi State, even though we win a national championship, it's a it's a disappointing season or anything along those lines. Um, where are you at with? He's got to beat state. He can't continue losing to them every week. Is that
2: a, or every year? Is that a big thing for you? Um, you know, I, I don't think that it's a uh, it should be you know focused on that heavily. But it does also help you know in state you know to kind of control the state. You know, when it comes to recruiting all this stuff. Um, you you do like to be the better team in the state, sure. Um, you know, living here, but at the end of the day, you're right. It doesn't doesn't completely matter. But you also don't want to lose eight straight series to your to yeah. your in-state rival who you have to you know live next to. So, um, yeah, you don't base everything on it. But man, it sure sucks to to let them just fucking sweep you all year. You know, they beat your ass in in football, they beat your ass in baseball and then basketball as well. It's like at some point, I mean.
1: It definitely stings
2: on, considering guys. how the other sports went.
1: I mean, don't get me wrong. It stings to have those other sports we lose, and then this is just icing on the cake. I just feel like people put way too much stock in Mississippi State. We got to beat them. Yeah, we, I want to beat anybody that we play, but I'd rather beat Alabama in football than state in football, right? I'll take five five years out of 10 beating Alabama in football than 10 straight wins over Mississippi State. I just will. I'm sorry because what's better for the program is beating Alabama yeah. because that's the standard that we're shooting for. We're not shooting for the standard of Mississippi State, right? Who no. cares? That's just kind of the mindset that I have.
2: Yeah, I agree. But also at the end of the day, they can't. They can't just own you, like guys. No,
1: they, they can't own you. I mean, but it's just my point. of we put so much us. emphasis on they beating own us, right they do. right
2: now. They do own us. So right we, I mean, <laughs> they do. Well, and here's here's the worst part about it. Like, you look at our coaches' salaries compared to their coaches' salaries. This shit got to stop. I mean, immediately.
1: Yeah, they're I mean, they're de- we're definitely paying yeah. more for may we're paying more for wins than they are, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, Kiffin probably <laughs> makes more than their, all their coaches combined in in all their sports. Like let's go. Let's go. We got it. We got to get the we got to get this shit going over here.
1: Yeah. Uh, Brad and Chad show brought to you by Blue Delt Jeans, also brought to you by Nest and Wild Mattresses. They're created by Southern Craftsmen, powered by decades of experience and passion for improving your quality of sleep. They are backed by a 99-night guarantee. They'll help you sleep easy, and they're made locally in Tupelo, Mississippi. You can find them on Amazon or nestandwild.com. So (laughs) wrapping up, did you get a chance to catch any of the NBA playoffs this week? I mean, uh, for the Grizzlies fans out there, uh, kind of a heartbreaking loss, especially seeing that Ja maybe hurt Ja Morant, then he may not be playing in game two, maybe out a little bit longer. So um if that's the case, that's gonna be a pretty disappointing end of the season for them.
2: Yeah, that um it, it almost feels like that the um the script is saying that the Lakers are gonna make this miraculous run because it's better for sports with LeBron and them. So something tells me the Lakers are gonna mysteriously make it to the finals this year. Um, or, or some sort of a script like that. I don't know, man. They're, they're suddenly a good team, and they were like, barely making 500 there a lot of the time. So I feel like they're trying to get old LeBron back in there.
1: Well, they have been hot. They did make some moves at the trade deadline. But, you know, hey, the Kings are 1-0 against the Warriors, the defending, uh, defending world champions. So we play again tonight in Sacramento. Hopefully we can go up to – I don't think Terrence Davis, old Miss grad – he didn't play uh, in game one. Hopefully, he can see some minutes and can uh, get hot from three like he did during the regular season.
2: So, do you but, do do you do like fantasy basketball too? No,
1: I, I don't do fantasy basketball. That 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 was a, a bridge too far for me. I didn't follow at least. In previous seasons, I didn't follow the NBA near as much as I do uh, baseball. But because the Kings have been competent, right, This they broke a 16-year drought to make the playoffs this year, um, longest in professional sports. I was obviously paying much more attention to it this year. Yeah. But now, uh, in basketball, you've got guys that take nights off randomly, you know, uh, load management or however they phrase it. So it's a little bit harder for me to to get into it. Um, but uh, but yeah, basketball season has been a lot funner this season because of the Kings and how good they. Been, Who you do know, you follow in baseball?
2: Who's your baseball team? I, don't know if I
1: grew up a Cubs fan, right? Uh, going going home from school, watching w- they were on WGN every day. Yep. So I would just watch them, right? They were always day games. Um, once they won the World Series back in 2016, I kind of hit the top of Mount Everest, right? I made it. What else is there? So my fandom is not as diehard as it used to be because I never thought they would win a World Series. They did it. I can die happy because they achieved that. Uh, but I still follow the Cubs. I, I follow everybody. But I still consider myself a Cubs fan, just not as diehard as I used to be.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, the Cubs are cool, man. When I lived there, I went to a few games. Um, probably They're probably not a better environment. I guess um, Fenway was, was pretty cool. But the Cubs, um, when they're good, man, it's a fun environment. Oh, it's, I mean, but but
1: that's also the problem with the Cubs in my view, right? The team has not been spending money on free agents because they know people are going to show up regardless because Wrigley's a party. It's going to be sellouts every single time because you get to go get drunk in the bleachers, have, you know, make beer snakes or whatever they're doing out there. And nobody cares if they win or lose because it's a party. It's like, it's like Ole Miss in some regard, right? With the Grove, you know, we may not win every game, but we never lost a party. That kind of has the same vibe with the Cubs at times and ownership. They have not been spending the last few years, but they got more money than God. I think Forbes has them ranked the number two or number three most valuable teams in Major League Baseball, but they're not spending any money, which has been very frustrating for me.
2: Yep, absolutely. Um. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you go, did you watch much? Were you a Braves guy growing up? No, I always just kind of watched players that I liked. I was a big, um, you know, Albert Bell fan. When he used to run people over, that was like my mindset. And when I played little league baseball, like I wanted to run a catcher over, run someone over in the baseline, or um, you know, kind of the kind of the bad boys of baseball. That was kind of my. I like Mark McGuire. Um, obviously, okay. until I found out he was cheating, but um, yeah, I was a fan of his as a kid. Hey, he never. He, big, he never big, he, hurt, he, big hurts my guy too. Man, I like him.
1: Yeah, you know, McGuire never failed a drug test, right? There were never rules in place to, you know, so was he really cheating, right? The rules weren't in place to, before them, but that's a, that's a discussion for a different day. No. Um,
2: <laughs> you know, like a WWE wrestler hitting hitting tanks out of the stadium, dude. He Still got to
1: make that. contact, right? That's the way I look at it. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll leave with this. Uh, so obviously you were in Austin this past weekend, so no softball. I assume we, we're firing it back up this weekend for another 15-game marathon?
2: Next two weekends in a row, baby. The nights are back in action. We're um, we're excited about it. I feel feel good about about the next two weekends. Should be good. All right. Well,
1: we'll uh, catch up on how y'all do, uh, and we'll see what's going on there. But uh, until then, you know, once again, Brad and Chad brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans. Howdy toddy, my man. We'll talk to you next time.
2: See you, Chad. Howdy toddy.
0: Thanks for listening to The Brad and Chad Show. Follow the boys on social media for more content. And don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been an OM Network production. Brought to you by Blue Delta Jeans. Made in the USA.